long story short, do it. It's going to make your life better. It's going to make your life easier. And if you value your sanity and you value the quality of the work that your clients receive, for both those reasons, you should be... And just forget thinking about it. Go onto the site, download Slack now, start off with that, and you'll see how easy it is. Sometimes interior designers are stuck in the past. But hey, guess what? It's the 21st century, and we're going to bring you into it. Have you hit a wall when it comes to growing your interior design business? Then welcome to Wingnut Social, the podcast specifically designed to accelerate your business through increased social media presence, impactful online content, and translating industry experience into physical success. This is your design business tightly fastened. Now welcome the hosts of Wingnut Social, Darla Powell and Natalie Graff. Hey there, and welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast. I'm your host, the grand high poobah of all things Wingnut, Darla Cleveland Powell, and I'm joined by the soulless ginger, Natalie Giraffe. Natalie Giraffe. How the hell are you? Natalie, why do you have this lovely smelling Yankee candle going on in the studio? Because someone likes seaweed chips and avocados. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> I ordered some teriyaki seaweed chips, and they're delicious. That's great. Our lead designer, Johanna Murat, put me onto that. You can eat the whole damn box, and it's only 25 calories. I got them on Amazon. Well, that's great. You know, Darla, I uh, decided between podcasts to uh, take a quick little shower here, and uh, I got out of the shower, and I forgot to close the shutters because I opened them yesterday so I could wash the windows, and they're building a house behind um, behind us, and uh-huh. they're working on the roof. So <laughs> Did they get those, a show? Those poor guys on the roof, I'm so sorry, because <laughs> I realized that, and I went, rot row. Well, you know. Hey, the windows are clean. They could see right it, in. Did it take you back to your, your career as an Amish stripper? Oh, yes. I did Amish stripping. Did right, you have a flashback? Right. Can yeah. you imagine if that was a thing? <laughs> Amish stripping. Oh, my gosh, Darla. Put it on. Put it all on. Oh, yeah. Put it on. That's Amish. My, my, my that Amish stripping. That sounds like Russian, Darla. That's, that's Amish. That's Amish stripping. Amish speaks Dutch. <laughs> that was my best Dutch. Natalie, today we're talking about implementing systems for your business from a tech no logical perspective. Well, you are getting a little ahead of yourself here. Weren't you going to tell our listeners what they're going to get for Christmas? Their two front teeth? <sighs> Darla, how dumb are you? Darla. Okay. Oh, yeah. Well, Christmas is coming. Oh, look, you remembered a little light bulb. Hey, I'm supposed and I'm to gonna talk about this. And I'm going to get my goddamn John Wick action figure. Thank no, you very not. much. Yes, I better. You're going to order it for yourself? Because I haven't ordered you one. And I'm not going to. I already told you this. You know what? Now you're showing the listeners the true Natalie and Graf. They think you're so sweet and so awesome. This is it. True color yes, shine. But we are also See showing them true color. who actually has a brain and knows not to spend that amount of money on some stupid little so action figure. don't be figure. afraid. Darla pal. To get a John Wick action figure. No. Negative. Yeah, true colors. So tell our listeners what they're getting for Christmas. Well, actually, we're taking some damn time off. So well, Alex, about time. Alex, who is with our lovely editors at Podcast Fast Track, who's amazing, he's from across the pond, is going to put together a blooper special for us on Christmas Day, which happens to be Wednesday, December the 25th, which is the day our long form lands, and he has picked out his favorites. And I told you that I put Natalie and Graf, the crime-fighting giraffe, in there, so we might see some snippets of that. Appear. Yes, I'm very sorry already for those of you that are listening because I just went along with it and, you know, I have a sense Listen, of nobody said that the interior design business or business in general has to be boring and no. not, not fun. We have to make it fun or we'd never survive. We'd never survive. 
Why is, it, why is everything a song You get today? a little crazy. Because we're batching and this is our last podcast for today and I'm ready to go out and eat dinner with good friends and maybe, You're ready to maybe go have, have, drink. Have, have some libations. <laughs> some libations. There you go. <laughs> anyway, so stay tuned for that on Christmas Day, the best of bloopers. And if you guys, duh, we have bloopers at the end of just, just about every podcast. So if you guys aren't hanging around to the very end, you really are missing the best of the whole podcast, if I do say so myself. All right, so Natalie, today we're talking about tech tools. We're going to bring interior designers into the 21st century. I know a lot of y'all are resistant. You don't want to be assimilated by the robot overlords, but I'm here to tell you that you don't have to be a geek, a 51-year-old geek like me, to embrace your robot masters. They make your business a lot easier, and even the Amish ex-stripper here will tell you that they've made her life a lot easier. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, so let me tell you guys a little bit more about Jarrett Yoshida. Jarrett has traveled around the world to develop his distinct design style. Beginning his design studies at the Corcoran Gallery School in Washington, D.C., he went on to Parsons and FIT in New York, and most recently, a prestigious school in Paris. Goodness gracious, he has quite a uh, resume there. After apprenticing with a well-known designer, ooh, is that secret? Can we not know that? He founded his own company in 2002 to pursue his unique vision. The firm currently works on projects ranging from individual homes to a 700-unit vacation complex. Oh, my God. Kill me now if I got that wrong. <laughs> Wingnuts, help me in welcoming Jarrett Yoshida to the Wingnut Social Podcast. Hey there, Jarrett Yoshida. Welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast. How the hell are you? I am delicious. How are you? You sound delicious. I, You know what? I would like to say I'm delicious, but I'm going to let you have that one. I think I am the lovely. Remember the that? Lovely. Remember that delight song? And you can be delightful as well. <laughs> I love that song, Groove is in the Heart. Oh my God. Remember that? That's one of my favorite songs of all time. I this song. I'm, I didn't know that we were going to talk about like music instead. I, yeah. Listen, like, you never know. Either way, I'm good for it. You never know where we're going to go on this show. So, Jared, I was telling the Wingnuts listening that we're going to help bring them into the 21st century. So, we're talking about devices from our robot overlords who have kindly granted us these apps and these tools to help run our businesses more efficiently. And I know that you have recently acquired some of these tools to help sure. you in your business. So, we're going to talk a little bit about, yeah, about how it's helped you in the, hitting the bottom line, making more money, being more efficient. And we are ready to run with it. Are you game? I am about as game as I'm going to be, baby. So bring it on. <laughs> Ooh, bring it. baby. Not so how exactly, how did these tech fools throw you that lifesaver when you were drowning in the water? Well, <laughs> was he drowning? Who he says might he was drowning? I'm going to say he was drowning. Okay, I'm going to just I'm going to just interject that. Just there. go with it. I'm just going to a lot of strenuous swimming against the current. I would at least <laughs> make if we're going to you know torture this metaphor a little bit further. But yeah, I, you know, I think frankly, what I noticed, and, and I hope other people who are listening to this right actually are inspired and encouraged, is that you know I think for most designers, our focus is always on design, right? making clients happy. I don't think for most people, it's not even about the money, right? It's about the creativity. Now, what that meant was that as we look at process and we think about well, why are we doing this, we really had to take a strong look about how we were, frankly, looking at the finances of our business. Again, why every designer becomes their own principal is because they want to look at QuickBooks all day long. <laughs> Right. I mean, come on, accounts receivable and payable. Ooh, that's as exciting as a trip to the D&D &D and hanging out at Calton and Town. Oh, my Lord. But <laughs> what it became clear was, and, and I am a slower loaner 
learner than I, I wish, it became very clear that if we wanted to do something new, we were going to have to do something radically different. And what that meant for us was leaving QuickBooks, right, which is the industry standard for so many industries that it became, it's too generic, for what we need to do to produce a report, let's say on the retainer, or to produce an invoice that shows the items on it. And so we can even think about the very way we do our presentations actually started to change in relationship to what design manager wanted. And I think that changed, frankly, entirely our relationship with our clients. We were able to push projects forward in a faster fashion. We were able to go ahead and be more organized along a visual basis, which is something as designers, obviously, I think we're much stronger at than having like, you know, SKUs and prices memorized. We were able to have things located all in one location. We weren't going ahead and doing separate spreadsheets in Excel to track our retainers, which is taking so much time. How much how much money do we have left from a client that used to take honestly like five to 10 minutes just to figure out. And that was only after we had been inputting all that data in constantly. I mean, it was, it was really torturous and design manager because it's set up to do all that because it's set up to answer all those questions that designers have and that architects will often have, right? How much did something cost? How much profit was made on it? Where did we find it? What kind of SKU are we going to be using? How do we create appeal? All of that was incorporated. So we had not only the finance side, which QuickBooks offers, but we also had the project management side specific to our industry. And having those two together really was a game changer for us. And it's relatively easy to learn. And we have staff on board who know how to do it. And they are getting ready to teach new assistants that are coming on. It has changed our life in terms of how we are able to look at what's in production. I mean, all these things that, again, we used to have a separate little folder for what's in production. I mean, come on. <laughs> right. So, Jared, you're, you're speaking to probably a lot of our listeners here who, ha- who did it that old school way. And now, so. And are still. Right. Yeah, exactly. They are. So, you have design managers. So, Natalie and I, when we started Darla Powell Interiors, we were actually really lucky because right out of the gate, we were introduced to the management software, I guess, universe. We started out with Ivy. So we started out using a management software and now we use MyDoma. But so we did not have that old school way of keeping track of all our industry, you know, design stuffs. But I know that we have tons of listeners who are hearing you and like, oh, my God, I still do that. So design manager. So design manager is something that does that also just an aside, does that integrate with QuickBooks too? Or do you still use QuickBooks or? It doesn't need to integrate with QuickBooks. I mean, one of the things about Ivy that I will tell you that I pers- beyond the whole information proprietary issue, which I know comes up for many people, and, and however you fall on that range, right? The bigger concern, obviously, is that I don't want to go. And I used to program when I was younger. I was total like you know Asian nerd, you know, following every stereotype. And my first job was working in the information technology section of the Smithsonian in the wow. fundraising department. Yeah, it's, it was another life, right? But so I'm, I'm very aware of what it's like to create proprietary software and what goes into that and data management, at, at least as far as designers go, I'm relatively aware. And what you don't want to do is constantly have to go outside of your system and then integrate other data in. That, that's bass backwards. 
what you should be doing is having it all in one place and ideally not creating a proprietary system for yourself, but actually going ahead and using a system that is used and beta tested by enough designers who are busy and have demanding schedules and demanding clients so that you're constantly in an evolving situation, but that's not just being driven by you, as might be the case in a solo proprietary software environment, but being driven by everyone in a community. That's what I really love about what's happening with DM or design manager. Let me understand this a little bit in my little brain here. So basically, your DM takes care of your invoicing, your receivable, your payable. Yeah. Project management, what doesn't? How about messaging? Can you message a client back and forth? <laughs> well, you there are places to leave notes, and we can get to this later, I'm sure, where I can talk about Slack and how we got to that Slack, <laughs> Lady Darla. But what we do find is having all the management as well as the purchasing, because it's that's really a continuous flow of data, right? I don't think any of us who work in this field would say, oh, when I purchase something, I only look at it in QuickBooks. You don't. You're looking at it in QuickBooks. When does it get installed? What did we attach to it? When did we submit the PO? All of that is already located in Design Manager. And you can get beautiful accounts, receivable reports, reports by client that are so much better than anything we were to pull out from even customizing data fields in QuickBooks reports. I, I find it to be really, really terrific. And um, the support is really great. Have you found that it's made you more efficient as a design firm? Has it helped you scale as far as like more projects, hiring? Certainly. Yeah, because if you don't have to be focusing on bookkeeping, <laughs> right? Which again, I think most of us go into design because our strength is probably more on the creative side than, you know, you would think. being an accountant. I mean, Darla, I don't know, maybe you really might enjoy doing reconciliation. <laughs> I don't know. I think it might be singing now. Let's just clear the air there. She does none of that. I do all of that. That's true. She does. So oh, okay, let's, let's get that let's My strength get that is delegating. Away. Let's get that squared away. <laughs> wow. I, I'm definitely interested in the design Manager, can you track from once you create that PO, can you go ahead and track that all the way from when it left your vendor and it's at your receiver and it's scheduled to be delivered to the client? Yep. You can put in dates on like when things are due, when you can calendar them. It's really fantastic. So you're not, I'm going to create a separate delivery calendar. Like, okay, the whole point was for everything to be in one row, right? Where you say purchased here, converted from a proposal to an invoice, right? Because as, and I'll, I'll iterate this for those who may not know, obviously a proposal is what goes to client. When they pay you, it, it stays in proposal stage. And only when you are in the middle of on the way to delivering the product, does it get converted converted to an invoice with any remaining balance due possibly for a change order on the item or for delivery. But these are the sort of technical details accounting wise and bookkeeping wise that were escaping us before and now allow us to get a sort of I don't want to say granular, but certainly a, a better grasp of the finances in our office. And so what that means to answer your question earlier, Darla, is that it also means that we can focus more on design or certainly growing the business or intake of new clients and provide them with a higher quality service than we certainly ever were before and a more reliable one as well. Yeah, for sure. 
Does Design Manager, because I know like, to be fair, we use MyDoma here and we do love MyDoma and we use Ivy and Ivy has its strengths, but I understand what you're saying before. There's some polarizing issues there, maybe for some people. Does Design Manager also have like a client portal where they can log in and see their projects, that kind of thing? Or I'm just curious. You know, we have never used a client portal. I actually don't know if they do that because most of our client presentations tend to happen still on Google Slides because of the nature of our work and because so many of our clients not only are based in New York, but are often from far away or overseas, or we also we also have projects in Hawaii. And so for us to be able to use Google Slides has just been a really easy way of controlling things, not to clog people's mailboxes or our mailbox. So we don't have, you know, 15 megabyte presentations. If we have one, two, three a day, sometimes yesterday, we had three leave with edits and updates. It's, whew, it's a lot. Yeah, we we use Google Slides too for the design for the design part. It's just so much easier. We have the whole actually we can get into this too. We can talk about G Suite and all that, but Natalie had a question. Yeah, no, I just basically just want to point out that no matter if you use Design Manager or MyDoma, you've got to find that right tech tool that works for you. And I think, you know, obviously Jarrett Design Manager works wonderful for you. And that's awesome. I mean, I do love that we can take our Google Slides and we can upload that right into um, into our design studio from MyDoma. And the client always has access to that. All of our proposals live in there. Our estimates live that's in so there. Awesome. And they can see all of that. So, I mean, regardless of which tech tool you use, there's a bunch out there. Yeah, I think it's just diving in to find what works best for your firm. Exactly. The bottom line and what we want to leave listeners away from is just to open up their, the broaden their horizons and think that one of these tools, and there's others out there too, I don't have them off the top of my head, maybe something like that can help you with your business. I would say one thing though, again, I think having worked right in the first job was really about software creation. One of the benefits of having a larger pool of designers, again, is making sure that it really, that they've created a, a format that has evolved in result of the pressure that designers place on it. And I'm sure my DOMA sounds amazing. And the same thing, obviously, with Design Manager. The pool of designers should be large enough and frankly, professionally enough that you know that the formatting is going to be something that is effective. I, I have heard, frankly, some other things about some of the other smaller software packages. And because I think they don't have enough of a pool, they're not able to respond as quickly and frankly, give the IT support that the system may need. So I, I would caution on that note a little bit about maybe going a little too small. That's a good tip. There are concerns. Yeah, yeah. And also you're a high, you're interior design, you do high-end work, right? Too. So who knows what percentage of that some of these smaller softwares have. We do some affordable things too. You know, I, 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 I my rule is pretty much that we almost don't turn any client. I mean, we'll do full really? browsers. Yeah, we're not Girl, I wish I was that bitchy that I could be like, you're only spending $70,000. But we, we're we taking on one client now, and this is how small it is. And but thankfully, we have staff. He works in tech, and he just needed to get his bedroom done because he has roommates. And I was like, you know what? You work in tech. You're nice. You're going to be an easy client, and we're going to whip this out with an assistant. And we have. And, and so in that sense, like, so we don't only do high end and, and, and having, again, the ability that design manager has given us in terms of my bandwidth has really opened it up. We would never have been able to do something like that otherwise. And who knows where that opportunity will lead, right? I mean, Darla, you believe in that. 
I yeah, know. I do. And you know, he's going to be like the CEO of some great big tech company someday and have you do his 10,000 square foot house. So, <laughs> because exactly. you did his bed. <laughs> exactly. Remember when I did your bedroom? And that'll be one and a half years from now. So, <laughs> probably. Tech, yeah, yeah. So, what tech tool do you use when you schedule your meetings? You know, for scheduling our meetings, really interestingly, the tech tool that I find that works best is calling. Is what? Calling people. Yeah. Oh, calling. I thought I was like, I haven't heard of that app. Calling. Calling Calling.com. We can have our new app. There we go. Hi. Yeah. I'm going to talk about that now. No. uh, (laughs) One of the reasons why I like doing a call and then sending just a Google Calendar follow-up with an invite is I do find that any opportunity for engagement with a client that's in person or on the phone has become a really valuable tool. And I think as much as we speak about technology, Right. What I would encourage everyone listening to do is to also follow through, not follow my footsteps and rely so much on technology that you end up avoiding or not, not engaging with clients and giving them the human touch. They hired you. They hired me because they like who we are. For us to deny them that opportunity is to deny them that luxury experience. I mean, do you think that Cartier is going to just say, oh, yeah, here, we're going to send you an email that doesn't or Chanel, right? They're not doing that. And if our clients are spending six figures, you can sure as hell bet that high-end people are not like, I'm going to send you an email so you can schedule. Nope. Someone from the office calls. Now, in my case, I actually like to engage with our clients. So I actually do end up calling them most of the time myself to schedule. I was going to ask you that. Do you do that yourself or do you give that to one of your your staff members? But For the scheduling, interestingly, it usually comes up as a result of a design meeting and like what's next. And as far as scheduling goes, we actually make it a habit of trying to schedule weekly calls with our larger projects because what that does is it really pushes projects forward as well. I believe that we have like a spoil date with most clients in terms of their patience and their ability to endure design. And so this spoil date is at least they know if we're talking with them every week, they know that we're doing things, they know that something is happening. And frankly, it keeps us on the ball as far as pushing things forward so that I know if I need to scale up and add another assistant, we do. And then there might be like a one or two week sort of thing where like we're going to be a little behind by one or two days, but then we catch up again. Now, do you do that even if there's nothing going on? Like for the week, you say, Mr. and Mrs. Client, um, rarely there's a new spider web that came up in the corner. <laughs> you, you, <laughs> I wish we had that so-called downtime. It's, it's fairly rare <laughs> in our projects. I mean, particularly, I think, in New York, when you're dealing with so many variables and really old construction, it's unusual that a week goes by. We don't have that much to share. And frankly, then if you have a meeting that's really quick in five minutes, I mean, for real, Darla, do you really want to have every client meeting be filled with drama or can some of them not be like, (laughs) everything's good? Everything's great. Don't question. Okay, great. Bye. Okay, thanks. Bye. We're good. (laughs) Deuces. Yeah, it's deuces. Bye, basically. And you hope that that every every meeting isn't going to be filled with. So, yeah, the wall has risers in it, which no one said was in there, including the super and the plans. Yeah. yeah sometimes it's going to be like, ooh, 
girl. Okay, so besides besides you doing the phone call to schedule that appointment there, so for communication to your clients, so with my doma. Now again, there's all kinds of stuff done there. I want this to be an ad for either design manager my no, or anything. Tell me about it, darling. You know I love your, <laughs> your feedback, girl. Tell me, learn, teach me. My doma has in. In a self-contained universe, you can do all client communication in writing there. But you you are right in that some of that you know personal touch on the phone does get lost there. With just it's basically just emailing within a, a contained universe. <laughs> the contain the contained universe just makes you you don't have to go back through your emails and search for it because if it didn't happen in my doma, it didn't happen. So mm-hmm. if the client did not accept that, then I'm sorry you never accepted it. Why did you expect you know you didn't accept it? I'm not placing the order until you accept it. Or um, I haven't got that nice little, hello, I got paid. Okay, I'll order your stuff. So my question is, so how do you communicate to clients on a regular basis? Are you calling them all the time? Are you using email software? What we find, frankly, is that we are doing like our meetings where we have, and oftentimes they're virtual now. So we'll just send them the presentation. We do these phone calls and then we edit and then we go back and as they're approving things, we're sending out proposals for their approval. They then send them back with checks and then that's it. I mean, the, so our communication still is, again, I mean, for pitching, almost always on the phone. There's very little that we that we do when we're, yeah, I mean, it's rare. Sometimes, you know, for one or two small little items, yes. And I, that that sounds amazing as a feature of my DOMA. And I'm going to mind it if DM has it. I mean, if we can move <laughs> them all to that system so that it is there. It does help. Wow. It sounds like Slack stuck in my DOMA in a way. Is that what's happening? Kind of, except no. Slack is a lot more robust for internal stuff. And we will definitely get to that because I know, I know that you love Slack. God, girl. Yeah. Hey there, Wingnuts. Do you love doing your own social media, but just don't have a sound strategy in place? Are you just throwing images at the wall, hoping they stick to your ideal client? Well then, Natalie and I are super excited to tell you about our Wingnut Social Strategy Package. One of our expert social media wingnuts will help you discover your goals, analyze your current performance, build your customized social marketing plan, and coach you on the implementation. It's a tremendous value, and you can find out more by going to wingnutsocial.com services or by giving us a call at 1-877-WINGNUT. Again, that's wingnutsocial.com slash services or 1-877-WINGNUT. Now, back to the show. So you present your presentations virtually? You don't do those in person? Most of our presentation, like the initial big ones are. And then what happens is most of our clients are so busy for the, the third, fourth iteration of like smaller rooms or whatever. There's generally of trust going on that we whip it out and we just send it to them because it's very wow that sounded you wow your dirty little snicker in the background <laughs> sorry i can't hear that ever without thinking of blazing so, <laughs> so wow so yes we whip out the presentation, and, uh, which could also wow i'm seeing madeline khan say that right now we <laughs> You're not healthy. <laughs> do we need that's a, a Mel, That's a Mel Brooks reference, Natalie. You should have gotten You're that. Not I know you do. I know you love Mel Brooks. When, when we do this, right, I think... Whip it out. Yeah, when we whip it out. Yes, Natalie. When we whip it out, everyone's <laughs> impressed. And they're all happy. 
And then they're really satisfied, and then we move on. That's how it should be. Yes, exactly. Just like life. So we we are we do these presentations. Wow, that metaphor is so accurate. It's kind of right. It's a little scary. I have chills right now. Do you? Oh yes, so much. I. Um, <laughs> This is something I think for us in terms of the presentation that works pretty well. And frankly, most of our clients are, are so busy. I think in New York, we have a lot of clients who just want to work, work, work and get things done. Once they have that that sense of the process and feeling good and knowing that we have a shared aesthetic, it's more than fine. Uh, however, I will say this again, as we speak about presentations, one of the things that I've learned and... Um, this is thanks to one of my former associates who has started his own firm and we're still good buddies. But he always said when he was working here, you need to see clients more in person. And I may sound like a broken record, but one of the things that I have learned is that I'm pretty good at sales and helping people to understand why we get paid money, right? And when you walk them through the design process, whether it's you take them to the showroom or you take them shopping, you know, for their first few items, they start to understand one, why they don't want to do it. And two, why you're getting paid to do it because of the resourcefulness that we have and our expertise, such as decision making. So I do find that presentations electronically aside, there is still a need. And I think it creates a sense of, well, okay, there's a value, right? For why we're paying the design fee of handholding and taking client shopping. Yeah, that's true. So even if you do adopt any or all of these tools that we're discussing on here, don't forget there is still that human, that part touch, yeah, that they're they're paying for. And they do like that handholding, especially on the more luxury end. But we do the same. We do a similar thing when we do our presentation. It's in person. There's how do you, you know, and then updates and stuff we'll, we'll do digitally as well for the same reasons. So do you find that like the time here, I'm going to interview you for a second. Do you guys find that your time now that it has been hopefully opened up right? And emotionally, you have more bandwidth now to give back to your clients. Do you find that you're doing a lot more in person than you used to before? I know you guys started in 2017. So and you, you've obviously succeeded very well, very quickly. But do you guys find that in the two years that you're two and a half years, I believe now, right? Do you find that that your process has changed or, or do you not have a, you don't have like a, a low zero point huh, to compare it to because everything was always efficient from the beginning and I'm going to be super jealous. It, no. It kind of was and only <laughs> yes and only no. in the sense that I went in running. You know, I had the education from listening to Loanne Nagara's podcast, listening to all the podcasts to having a software like Ivy. But oh my God, no. We've still learned trial and error and the hard knock, knocks. And we when we started out, we didn't have G Suite. We didn't have Slack. We didn't have Asana. We didn't have Doma. You know, so we're, we are constantly evolving. And with every addition, with every streamline, we just get better and better and better. But I will say that we did start out with that personal touch. We still do have that. We still have that. But I think that's one that was one of our strong points that we'd go out, we'd spend the time. And we always did that handholding from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And and I think you know we never really do we let still that do go. that we still do we that do to some that. extent. We Johanna do does it. A lot. Johanna does it a lot better yeah. than we do because mm-hmm. we're so you know. busy with Wingnut. Right? But yeah. We okay. So let's talk about internal management systems. So you have a team. How many employees do you have, Jarrett? We have seven part and full time now. Holy, holy, wow. Okay, great. All right. Well, you've been doing this for how many years have you been doing this now? What is 2002. Oh, 2002. Yeah. Okay. All right. I don't feel yeah, so bad now. I'm my old <laughs> since 2002, but I was a designer since 2000. 
you're not old enough to have been a designer that long. Oh, sweetie. I'm an old man. I've already been invited to join AARP, so that's how old I am. No, yeah, you I'm, are not. No. Lies. Liar. Thank you for lying. Thank you for lying. It's been an amazing ride. Wow. Okay, well, kudos to you. I want your skin cream or whatever it is you're using. <laughs> Thank <Okay>. you. <laughs> okay, so we'll talk about internally systems. Communicating inter- internally. Now, on the design side, we only have two employees. We're not up to your your level yet, but on the wingnut side, we have like six or seven employees. And all right, girl. Thank you, thank you. And without having an internal communication systems, which we're going to go into, it would just be a freaking nightmare. So, what are you using to talk to your team so you're not on the freaking phone or on emails all the time? You know, well, since everybody comes here on the whole, right? We are able, and and I've discovered that having people work at home is not ideal. I think it's too organic um, for people to work at home, unless you have very specific duties and you know what they're going to be doing for the day. I think there is something to be said about the collective atelier process and having everyone in the same office to frankly corroborate, right? I mean, you have a team, so you can give helpful back and forth. So you can get critique and you can go through it and say, yeah, this works, that doesn't. Or, oh my God, Jared, do that one instead. And I enjoy that energy and I enjoy that collaboration. I had been working on my own in an office for, oh my God, in, in, in the side of my kitchen even, for like 14, 15, 16 years, I was doing it on my own. Yeah, and then finally... I was sick of working 70 hours hours a week and pretending to be like a waiter in a Chinese restaurant and like just nonstop work. And, and I say that with certainly all due respect to those guys because they work hard. I mean, I, and I didn't want to do that anymore. I didn't want to work 70 hours a week. I wasn't having a life. So I started to hire more people and it just became one step after another. And yeah, we're, we're getting ready, hopefully to hire a full-time associate um, soon again. And nice. So what do you, what do you use to communicate? to them internally what what are we it's largely verbal we have an office that, i mean for internal communications among staff i mean certainly we have slack right for keeping things organized in terms of like if let's say one assistant is out we can go back and say what was it that we did again oh yeah blah 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 because blah. we have right now ongoing i think 17 clients right now and so for us to stay on top and not be like, oh, what happened? You know, <laughs> that's very helpful. And also remember, there's a time difference between here and Hawaii, and that time difference is substantial. And um, the travel back and forth can create jet lag. And so it just having Slack there has been really helpful. But our internal process, we're still small enough office that it's, everything is still very collaborative it is very much an intimate setting and, and i'm i'm also fortunate i think that because my office um is on the fourth floor of my house it does create a sense of wanting everything to be a little bit more intimate but you sound like you guys have internal ways of communicating that i would love to hear what those are natalie and darla you tell <laughs> Sana, we do and the re- we don't have the office yet so we don't have that and if i had half a brain i would have figured out the direction you were going with that <laughs> I was like, wait, I'm like, what do you, how do you communicate? Well, we just talk to each other in the office. Hello, Darla. So a, um, a, a new app that you got to check out, Jared, is Asana. Asana basically is great because it can take your new clients and you put them in new, 
Asana, and then you can track the process of your first phone call with them. Okay, now we've moved on to scheduled consult. Okay, now they've signed. Now they're a full service client. And now our presentation is in four weeks. And then once the presentation, you move them over to the column of, okay, now they're approving stuff. So check out Asana. We gave you Slack. Now we're going to throw Asana at you. <laughs> yeah, check I mean, it out yeah. and, and see what you think and get back to us. We do use that some for internal communications too in the office. So all of our team can know where a client is at in you the process. You can tag the person. So all of our team can know where a client is at in the process. But for Slack, like, hey, did you do this? Or have you spoken to this client yet? Or what's, you know, where's that file in Dropbox? All that kind of internal stuff because we don't have an office. That's how we communicate. Every one of our employees works from home. That has a particular set of challenges that I am glad I am not dealing with. Yeah, I know our... Our designer for uh, the design side, uh, my lead designer, she's dying for us to get an office, but I just, I can't justify it quite yet. I understand. Yeah, because there's an overhead associated with that and you have to be emotion. It's not even about being financially ready, I'm sure. It's about the emotional readiness for that, right? And what it entails. There's a lot. It's it's a loaded thing to be doing. Um, let me ask you, can you guys differentiate again a little bit and maybe in a different way, how you use Asana versus Slack? Because they sound fairly similar, but apparently they're not. So is, it, is Asana like a checklist that's formatted and Slack is just for like, I went to the site today. Yeah, and they'll integrate. So Asana kind of is a, like a big to-do list on steroids where your whole team can go in there. You can start projects. You can update the projects. You can link whatever you want to it. That's if you have a, a certain – on the wing, we use it a lot. We use it on the Darla Palantir side, but we really use it more so on the Wingnut social side. Mm-hmm. But I know Sandra Funk uses Asana and swears by it for her. But she, And I think she also – God, does she use Design Manager? I think she uses Design Manager too, I want to say. So she uses them both. And we're going to have her back on too. Maybe I'll remember and pick her brain as to why she uses both. But you could put that in your Slack as a reminder for yourself. <laughs> it would go in a sauna. And then it, it would go in a sauna. And I would remind Darla, hey, Jarrett said, don't forget you have to do this. Yeah, but Shana Heinrich, our director for Wingnut Social, is like, put it in a sauna. If you didn't put it in a sauna, I'm not going to see it. It's not going to get done. So, yeah. It's interesting because I'm I'm like resisting at doing it, but I remember I resisted doing Slack. <laughs> and then as soon as I was on it, I was like, yo, this thing is life changing. Now, do you guys have G Suite as well for your emails or anything like yep, that? Okay. We are yep. on G Suite and so and and that's very helpful. So partner Dan is in Hawaii right now and so he's able to access all our presentations yeah he's a retired did I ever tell you this so uh, and you whether or not you want this recording it's fine but um so he's a retired fireman from 9-11 yeah I think you did tell me that when we were on our little panel oh I didn't know that you guys have that first responder thing going together and it's a very it's a very very unique small club and he was really involved with like the gay stuff when he was here with Fire Flag. And then he actually got really sick at 9-11 as a result of his service. You know, so he can't live here anymore for seven months out of the year. And um, yeah, he's been working on trying to be more organized. And for him, Slack has, I mean, he doesn't use it as much as I want, but he does use it for reminders every so often. And it is helpful for him so that when he sees it, I'll, I'll say, go to Slack. It's on his phone. So he's on the site and he's like, oh, look what's here. Uh, yeah, so it's been super helpful. So thank you guys for that intro. And I will be sure, I'll be sure to look at and not only look at, I'll make the commitment out loud publicly that we are going to discover a way to integrate Asana into our lives. So thank you again. For- oh, you're welcome. 
So just in summary, so we have mentioned some pretty good tools here, and they will all be in the show notes at wingnutsocial.com slash podcast. But just to send it home to the uh, designers listening who are still writing everything hand to paper. (laughs) If you're a designer and you're starting out, you would definitely recommend having some systems, having some of these things already in there. And if you're an old school designer, I know the resistance out there is I don't want to learn something new. I have it. I have my way of doing stuff. Would you say that it's definitely worth learning some of these new systems because it's going to impact your bottom line and make life a lot better for you? I would even hesitate to use the word system for some people who might be tech averse. This is just look at it as being a new way of pen and paper. It's not hard. It's, you know, I think certainly for our older designers and architects that might be listening, I think if you associate the learning curve that we did for DOS, for example, or for Apple IIEs, right? Which is certainly the range for many designers who are in their 50s and their late 40s, right? When you had to use a C prompt and everything, that was considerably high. And I can understand why people, if you think about that as your reference point, would be challenging. I would, however, say that if you think about apps and you think about Facebook, and Instagram, and just even email, and how simple that has gotten in comparison to when we were all using Yahoo Mail, right? The formatting is better. The user experience is better. Everything, the visual nature of it, the storage, you can't compare. And so long story short, do it. It's going to make your life better. It's going to make your life easier. And if you value your sanity, and you value the quality of the work that your clients receive, for both those reasons, you should be And just forget thinking about it. Go onto the site, download Slack now, start off with that, and you'll see how easy it is. Because if you think, most people, if they think about it, right, human nature, you're not going to do it. You're listening, go do it right now. You have no reason to not do it. And then you're going to thank Darla and me when you see us at High Point or the D&D and be like, oh my God, that's the best. Just what I tell Darla every time when I see her. So, yeah. <laughs> Jared, thank you so much. Hopefully we've convinced some people to at least take a look and be a little bit more open-minded with embracing some of these uh, Robot Overlord products. But now I have to ask you if you're ready for the What Up Wingnut round. Now it's time for What Up Wingnut. Wingnut. Okay. Jarrett Yoshida, if you were a tree, what kind of tree would you be and why? I would be an umbrella tree because then that would mean I was living probably in Hawaii and being really old and having gorgeous leaves and looking really amazing. So that's what I would be. I love that. You're our first umbrella tree. I grew up with those here in uh, Florida. So yeah, I love I love those. Those are great. That's a great choice. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> what would the hashtag on your tombstone be? WTF. <laughs> Wow, I came out super quick. I did not look at these. I mean, oh my God. Yeah, it would be WTF. Yeah. Perfect. Hey, listen, the the first reaction is usually the right one, right? (laughs) If you could have only one superpower, what would it be and why? I'd be psychic. I think when you think about our work and think about how much we would know and be able to do if we could actually read our clients' minds, they're very often unable to express what they want. And then obviously on a personal level, just think about how much easier life would be. We would all own little European small countries if we were psychic. So, (laughs) But I want the ability to turn it off and on when I want. I don't want it to be nonstop. I don't want to know what Natalie's thinking all the time. Exactly. It has to be like the secret. If we want it, we have to be very specific. So there we are. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And last but not least, please recommend a book that has had a profound effect on you either personally or professionally. 
I'm going to say this one. I, this, is, this is from actually when I was younger, much younger, actually. And it's a book by Paul Manette. And it's called Becoming a Man. And it was really, really beautiful. And it was a story about, and this is obviously back in the early 90s. You know, a lot of gay men, just a little older than me, were dying from HIV and AIDS. And it looked like it was going to just kill everyone, right? And it, and it almost did. It's certainly if you were gay and you're living in LA or New York. And it was a story about how this Palmanette, who ended up winning a, a, an award, a book award, several actually for this, discovered how being himself and being true to how he was, despite all the social pressure, despite literally the threat of death, it was worth it because it was about living a life that was really fulfilled. And that inspired me not even forget the gay side, but it was really just about inspiring me to be creative and really embrace who I wanted to be as, you know, a human being, let alone as a professional. And that book was very meaningful. And I was 24 at the time, I think. And yeah, I still remember it to this day. Jared, that's a beautiful recommendation. That was Becoming a Man by Paul Manette. Yeah. That was awesome. Jared, thank you so much for being on the show. Please tell the Wingnuts listening where they can find you on social or your website. I'm just Jared Yoshida, J-A-R-R-E-T-Y-O-S-H-I-D-A. I'm literally the only one in the world. So you Google anything like that, my Vimeo comes up, my Insta, my website, <laughs> my profile on house, you name it. I am there like the media hoe that I am. So... <laughs> Have a take a look and say hi. All right, Jared, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. It was a, a real treat. Thank you. Same for me. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Soulless Ginger. Yes, Darla. How adorable is Jarrett Yoshida? He's amazing. And he's hilarious. He is. I do love talking to him. We got a little carried away after the show, and I'm like, hey, Darla, we got a six o'clock. You know what I love about him and about this episode? I mean, there's a billion things I love about him, but this episode is because he's been in business long enough to really speak to the designers who are stuck in the old school way of running their business. And I have to seriously say, if you guys aren't going to retire in a year or two years, and you do see another five or 10 years in your future, or even two or three years in your future. Learn it. Learn it. It's absolutely worth learning your way around a couple of these. And again, all this information will be in the show notes. And you don't have to use Design Manager. You don't have to use Ivy. You don't have to use MyDoma. Although those are three ones. Uh, three, three ones? Three ones. Three, three ones. of okay. the platforms that have been bandied about that most people are pretty happy with for whatever reason or another. Oh, you know, like I said, Sandra Funk uses Asana. We use Asana. I know plenty of designers who use Asana. We use for, Slack. We use mm -hmm. MyDoma. So it's 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 all kind of at a synergistic kind of to each his own <laughs> mix, right? Everybody's allowed to pick what works best for them. Exactly. There's no, yeah. there's mm -hmm. no right one that says, oh, you have to use this or mm -hmm. else. It's what works best for your business. Right, because Jarrett's system design manager had some features that sounded like maybe MyDoma doesn't, but then MyDoma has some stuff that Jarrett was interested in. So really, it's just find out what works best for you. But then again, he's he's more into the phone calls and the, the you know the real meetings. You know me, I'm not, I'm not as I know, much into that. If you could that. do everything over an email or a text, you'd be happy. And that's not because I hate people. No. It's because I, I get a little shy and get social anxiety and that's a true story even though i'm i can do a mean true colors yes you can darla <laughs> we all know this anywho thank you so much Jarrett. we love you if you guys like what you hear please leave us a review on apple podcast or whatever the hell you're listening to this podcast on Jarrett, leave us a review <laughs> boy she's bossy Jarrett. <laughs> and if you need help with your social media marketing you know what send us an email to info at wingnut social or give us a call at one eight seven seven. Wing 
nut, that's W-I-N-G-N-U-T, and we will be happy to hook you guys up. And I think that's it for today, Nat. Got anything else? Nope. So long. See ya. You've reached the end of this episode of Wingnut Social, but that's only your first step. Be sure to head to wingnutsocial.com to reach out to us directly and schedule your free consultation with one of our Wingnut Social Media Specialists to take your business from social mediocre to social media master. We'll see you on the next episode of Wingnut Social, your social media tightly fastened. Drink your electrolytes. Boom, 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 boom. I have a face for radio. I'm ready. Lost and never, never left. Take your electrolytes. You're driving me absolutely insane. Gets my energy up. Good boy, Mango.